0: I'm Danny Stover and this is Today in TO, a podcast that takes a look at the biggest stories in the city and connects the dots on what's going on. On today's episode, nothing lasts forever. And if you bought a couch from a grown man cosplaying as a burglar and you haven't received the goods yet, You're not going to be happy to hear that Bad Boy Furniture just announced that they intend to file for bankruptcy, leaving a lot of customers in the lurch with no place to sit. Plus, the provincial government is expected to make an announcement that will impact the future of the beer store. What's in this master framework agreement and what happens if it's not renewed? Could this be the last call for the beer store in Ontario? I mean, it has been around since 1927. Maybe it is time to return it for a deposit. That's all coming up on Today in T.O. 70 years ago, a young Mel Lastman quit school to work in the appliance business. This was in 1953. Lastman's future wife, Marilyn, hooked him up with a job on College Street. And the first time he hit the showroom floor, Lastman sold two stoves and a fridge. He'd been bitten by the sales bug and he never looked back. In 1954, Lassman started running Heather Hill Appliances on Weston Road. And when sales were slow, apparently he would follow around ice delivery trucks, noting where they did their drops. And later, Lastman would return to pitch them on buying a refrigerator instead. In 1955, at the age of 22, Lastman changed the name from Heather Hill Appliances to Bad Boy Furniture. And about 20 years later, he sold the business to pursue a career in politics. And at this point, there were 40 stores in operation. Now, Lastman went on to serve 10 straight terms as the third mayor of North York for nearly 25 years. That spot doesn't exist anymore because in 1998, Toronto amalgamated and Lastman took over as mayor of the megacity, for the next five years until 2003. In the early 90s, though, Mel's son Blaine revived the bad boy brand. And if you were alive in the 90s, then I'm sure you can hear the jingle as clear as day. Nobody's better than nobody. As Mel and Blaine donned jailhouse costumes that looked like they were purchased from Spirit Halloween. I mean, can we all just pause for a moment to take into consideration that y'all bought furniture from a guy cosplaying as a criminal? But I digress. It was a gimmick that seemed to work for them for quite some time. Until it didn't. Patriarch Mel Lastman passed away in December of 2021 at the age of 88. And last week, Bad Boy Furniture Warehouse Limited filed a notice of intention, meaning they will likely go bankrupt due to economic conditions impacting their business and consumers' shopping habits. Now, the chain currently... Has 12 stores throughout southern Ontario and employs 275 people. According to Bad Boy Superior Court of Justice filings, debts owed to unsecured creditors total $13.7 million. Now, if you bought something from Bad Boy and you've yet to receive it, don't hold your breath. You might be in the category of unsecured creditors. Sean O'Shea is a consumer and investigative reporter. With global news
1: so people who've spent oh i don't know six thousand dollars we interviewed three people who'd spent six thousand dollars over the last couple months waiting for deliveries of furniture appliances the whole thing they keep getting you know put off it's coming next week it's coming next week then they hear about the bankruptcy filing it's not coming at all six thousand dollars gone um then we had other people we talked to who had credits they had nice big gift certificate credits can't use them. A couple we talked to just got married in September and one of their good friends gave them a $1,000 bad boy gift certificate as a wedding gift. Guess what? It's not worth the paper it's printed on.
0: That's got to be infuriating. And this... Is like salt on the wound because
1: the stores are open and they are selling inventory inside to people who are prepared to pay cash they're effectively liquidating the business even though these consumers can't uh, use their gift certificates and can't get the furniture or appliances that they've already paid for
0: but if the stores are open and still have inventory why can't they help out the people who are caught in the middle of this i paid for a fridge i didn't get my fridge you have a fridge on your showroom floor so give it to me.
1: They're basically being treated as creditors, right? You've you've paid a deposit or you've made a payment toward purchasing something. It effectively has made you a creditor, not a secured creditor. The secured creditors are the banks, the government of Canada, the real estate companies, the, um, the at the locations, um, the the appliance companies. So basically, as a consumer, you are in the bottom of the heap. These people aren't going to get their money back. There's a a small ray of hope for people. If you've paid with a credit card, which is something I always encourage people to do, because you're not using your money, you're using the bank's money. If you did not, if you used a major credit card like Visa or MasterCard or American Express, um, you should be able to have that payment reversed uh, because you did not get the goods that you paid for. However, if you use cash or a debit card or use the store's own credit card, that's a whole different thing.
0: It's quite the mess. And you know who's going to clean it up? Nobody. On the way. It could be the end of another longtime and iconic business in Ontario, but it also could be the start of something better. More on that after this. Bad Boy Furniture and now the beer store's on shaky ground? Okay, well, this is different. And I actually think it could solve a lot of problems. Cancel the Master Framework Agreement, meaning you're opening up the market when it comes to who can sell beer in the province. And we know that recycling is a big issue for Ontario. This is something that the beer store does really, really well. And perhaps recycling is a bit of a misnomer. The beer store promotes a closed-loop system. Always has, always should. And if you know me at all, you know I love a loop. Now, in 2022, the beer store alone collected more than 1.2 million empty containers, representing a recovery rate of 79%. 69,000 tons of glass bottles and 59,000 tons of other materials Were reused, as well as colored and clear glass, aluminum and steel cans, cardboard, and mixed plastics. They also run the Ontario Deposit Return Program under the direction of the provincial government. And according to the Beer Store website, between 2007 and 2021, the combined programs diverted over 2.9 million tons of greenhouse gas emissions, equivalent to taking approximately 647,000 vehicles off Ontario roads in my opinion we must protect this framework at all costs now I'm not saying we should continue to have the beer store operate as is I'm saying that if something's only half broken maybe only half fix it or try to innovate it somehow back to that in a moment Now, according to sources, the provincial government is expected to announce details surrounding the Master Framework Agreement. This was first signed in 2015 under the previous Liberal government, and it limits the expansion of beer and wine sales. It's up for renewal in 2025, but it's looking like the province might scrap it. This would open up the market and would allow for beer sales in grocery and convenience stores. It also would be welcome news to craft brewers in Ontario. Here's Troy Birch, Senior Manager in Sales and Development at Great Lakes Brewery.
2: Part of the MFA, the Master Framework Agreement, stipulates that if brewers want to open additional stores, they can only have two. And that second location has to be tied to a production facility. Therefore, you have to produce on-site in order to have a retail store on-site. And it goes even further to say, of that production, 50% of what you sell has to be brewed on-site. So with the MFA uh potentially going away um, as of uh, 2025. We're hoping that allows us at Grey Lakes and others uh, across the province to say, hey, we're going to open a standalone retail outlet with tap room in, uh, say, Ottawa or London, putting more money back into local economy um, that we do here in Etobicoke and downtown Toronto. We support charities. We support, uh, you know, kids' baseball teams, hockey teams. We have live music. We have trivia nights. They're really uh, community hubs that sell beer, uh, but more so they sell and create experiences.
0: He's not wrong. And Great Lakes also supports amazing podcasts like Today and T.O. So if the MFA was scrapped, what would this mean for craft beer?
2: It'll open up availability, open up convenience. Now, convenience stores, when you go into uh, convenience stores, gas stations, you look at the pop fridges and you see Coke or Pepsi. We're really hoping and... Uh, hearing that that's not going to be the case when it comes to allowing craft beer to flourish in convenience stores. Um, But part of the MFA currently states that if you sell beer in grocery stores, uh, the grocery chains have to at least have 20% of that devoted shelf space to craft breweries. We need that number to go up or we need that number to go away. Um, And that allows us a fair um, playing field when it comes to getting shelf space at uh, C stores, gas stations, what have
0: you. Ah, convenience stores. This must be welcomed news for them too. Dave Bryans is CEO of the Ontario Convenience Stores Association.
1: We look at the convenience store model, and if we only have to look to Quebec or the balance of North America. Convenience stores sell the majority of beer in North America. We know how to handle it, and it is actually the greatest traffic generator for the convenience sector. So think of the millions of people that go to these outdated retail business model called the beer stores on the weekend would then end up at a convenience store in their local community, buying other products that go with their beer when they head home to watch their hockey game or something.
0: So this is about access, convenience, cost, and competition. But I keep coming back to the circular system that the beer store provides. In Quebec, for example, they've just expanded their deposit system. Return sites for empty beverage containers, and that's nearly all empty beverage containers, are located mainly at grocery stores. They do this through reverse vending machines. You can take them to a service counter set up to receive empties or through collection boxes and bins. Lisa Hutchinson is managing director at J.C. Williams Group, which specializes in retail consultancy.
3: Some of the grocery stores, you know, they have dry cleaner services and, you know, other kinds of services within their uh, footprint. So this could be something that they could add in as well. You know, they have the parking lot space. Um, And, you know, that sometimes, certain times of the year, it's their garden centers, you know, so this could be an opportunity for them to drive more traffic to their properties. Sure. Capitalism rules.
0: But won't someone please think of the planet?
3: The brands actually come out with much more uh, green, friendly packaging uh carlsberg actually has this new green fiber bottle where the outer layer of the bottle is actually made from sustainably sourced wood fibers and then they've got the the bottle part of it is made um from you know is all plant-based so it's very biodegradable and 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 can go in the recycle bin unlike you know the traditional bottle so i think there's a, a bunch of different things to be considered as it relates to uh recycling
0: Absolutely not. Shut it down. That is greenwashing. We don't need wooden bottles. We have bottles. Remember, it's reduce, reuse, and recycle in that order. Recycle is the last resort, and we're terrible at it. I think we're calling it recycling, but like I said, I think that is misleading. Don't get it twisted. These deposits are reducing and reusing, and then they are recycling. So I know biodegradable, compostable, and quote, green packaging is out there, and it's being framed as some sort of superhero for the planet. But it's all garbage. So while we wait to hear whether or not this master framework agreement will be renewed or not, I'm going to take my precious cans back to the beer store for a handful of change, and I'm going to enjoy it. Now, Speaking of the beer store, did you know it was founded in 1927, which is convenient because that was the year that Prohibition ended in Ontario. I wonder if they're connected. With more on that, here is producer Glenn Bergonier.
4: Well, <laughs> it's a little bit more than convenient, Danny, since it's basically exactly why the province of Ontario started the beer store, but also not exactly. Well, I mean that it wasn't called the beer store back then. You know what? Let's start back. When it first opened in 1927, it actually went by its less than concise name called Brewers Retail. Little known fun fact, this company was not and is still not actually run by the province of Ontario. It's instead was run and still kind of is run by industry stakeholders who comply with provincial law. Like the name suggests, back in 1927, it was originally owned by a consortium of Ontario-based breweries and was officially known as the Brewers Warehouse Company Limited. But its customer-facing retail locations were simply called Brewers Retail. And for decades, this was the way of things, with cases of beer only available to be sold at Brewers Retail. That is until 1985, when Brewers Retail decided it was time for a rebrand and a change. And so the name and image were modified into the largely recognized The Beer Store logo that still remains to this day. In the coming years after the name change, instead of smaller local Ontario breweries owning their shares in the beer store, it became owned by large multinational corporations such as Anheuser Busch, which owns about 44.9% of the operation. Also in that is Molson Coors, which owns 50.9% and Sapporo, which owns the remaining 4.2%. And so right after the name changed and going from being owned by Ontario brewers to international beer companies, after 96 years, the beer store now operates 420 locations right across Ontario, employs over 6000 people, offers 720 different brands of beer from over 180 breweries from all over the earth. So hate it, love it, or even miss it when it's gone because it might be gone very soon. But for the better part of a century, a place where Ontarians were always able to grab a nice frosty cold one has always been the beer store.
0: You know, there's just something about the beer store that makes me feel kind of nostalgic, maybe because it meant quality time with dad. I'm kidding. This podcast is brought to you by 640 Toronto and features audio from shows across the Chorus Entertainment Network. My name's Danny Stover. Today in TO is produced by me, Glenn Bergonier, and David Spargala. Chris Dunner and Andrew Dernford are advisors to the show. You'll get a fresh new episode for you to stick in your ear holes next Wednesday. So why don't you come on back and join me then? Have a great week and we'll chat again soon. Bye-bye.